Welcome to Gideon Dancer's podcast, where we spend time delving into the deep things of God. We're so happy to have you join us today, and we pray you are blessed. Gideon Dancer is the global lead pastor of Empowerment Worship Center, where God lives. We welcome you to a time of deep study and prayer. You can also join us in person on Sundays at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. We promise you, your life will never be the same. Come with me if you're pleased to Job chapter 32 and the verse number 8. Job 32 and the verse number 8. The Bible says, but there's a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understanding. I want to speak to you this morning about a subject I like to call inspiration. Inspiration. Divine inspiration. Inspire or inspiration it's a combination of two words. Or inspire is a combination of two words. In and inspire. Inspire is a combination of two words. In and inspire. Spire means the highest point or summit of something. This means that to be inspired is to receive that which will bring you to the apex of life. The highest inspire. And so, when you say you are inspired, it means you are in a place where you get to the highest of life. The apex, the ultimate, the highest of the highest, the apex of life. You will not appreciate this definition until you know the Hebrew meaning of the word inspire or inspiration as used in our main context. The word inspire in the Hebrew means to breathe. The word breath as used here was the same breath that was used in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. Genesis 2 verse 7 when God created man. The Bible says and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became and living so, this means that inspiration is what you need to live the highest level of life. That is to say that without the breath of God, without the inspiration of the Almighty, God created man with dust, clay. And, and I said the other day that man is a combination of two things. The highest things and the lowest thing. The lowest thing is the dust. The dust is what nobody wants. If you entered your house and you saw a dust in your house, you will sweep it away. Dust is nothing. Dust is what we all walk on. And God decided to do something amazing by collecting dust, by, by, by forming man out of the dust of the earth, out of nothingness. And so man was as nothing. Nobody, low estates, Close to nothing. A dust. As you will not do anything with dust. That was the state of man. When man was originally formed. Until God came down. And bent down. And released 
breath and release inspiration and the bible says the breath of god as it entered the nostrils of man man suddenly rose up and woke up and there was life and life came to man that stands to reason that without the breath of god without the inspiration of the almighty this morning coming into your life you are nothing you are nobody you are like just a dust have you walked around the street of a crowd and have you seen what what the porter made they've made designs of sculptures and, and all kinds of crafts with dust with clay that looks nothing standing and sitting of unfortunately some decide to use that as their god but you have seen how man have created stuff with dance standing by the rosa that was the state of man until the breath of god came until the breath of elohim entered man man was just nothing it was just a pile and a combination of dust but when the breath of god entered man the nobody the nothing man the dust man rose up and began to live there is a better life that you can live but you can only live that life by the breath the inspiration the infusion of god that stands to reason that without the breath of god you live and no life and there are many of us, unfortunately, we are living without the breath of Elohim, the inspiration of God. And without the breath of God, life is as the clay or the dust. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I want to suggest to you that there's a better life. Oh yeah, there's a better life. There's a good life. There is a life full of life. There's a life full of Zoe. There's a life. You see, you have never known life until you experience the breath of God. And all you think you are living is not life until you receive the inspiration of the Almighty. Watch this. Job understood this. And therefore he wrote in Job chapter 33 verse 4. Job says, Job 33 and the verse number 4 the Bible said the spirit of God had made me yeah God is a spirit he made me and the breath of the almighty had given me life and so even though you are formed by God who is a spirit until the breath of God came to you uh, it, it was not until the breath of God came to you you were nothing so Job said the spirit of God made me but the breath of him gave me life the inspiration of him gave me life that means that to be inspired therefore means to be made alive to be made alive to be quickened to have life my God Proverbs chapter 20, 20 and verse 27 says Proverbs chapter 20 and 27 the Bible says the spirit of man is a candle of the law searching all the evil parts of the belly the spirit of man is a candle of the law the candle of the law the spirit of God the spirit of God uses the candle of man 
the spirit of man is the candle of God. And so the spirit of man, which is also the breath of God, is the candle of the law. And so without your spiritual estates, you don't have the candle that can search through life. Isn't it amazing that many have lost their path, many are confused, many don't know where to go and what to do next because they've lost the candle of the law. They've lost what is the candle. You see, what is in you that connects you to God is your spirits. So that it is your spirits that God used as a candle to search. My God, it's too deep for somebody. Can I, can I, can I therefore, can I just say this, that, that, that when you are inspired, you don't aspire. Because inspiration is to breathe in. Inspiration is to breathe out. And until you get to a place where you have inspiration and you can breathe in, you don't have life. There are many of us, all we got is inspiration. We are releasing carbon fault oxide. We are not taking in oxygen. But what gives you real life is not expiration. It is inspiration. The breath. The breath. And so when you are inspired, you don't expire. Because nobody gets inspired and gets tired of life. There's just too many things to do. You can't be tired. You hear the sound of God whispering to you of what to do next. Inspiration. The breath of God. You can't retire. You don't look old. You don't look bored. You don't look sad. You don't get what we call depression. You are never down. Because you are constantly under the influence of the breath of God. Which is inspiration. The Bible says in Psalm 150 verse 6. We see something powerful. Psalm 150 and the verse number 6. Let everything the heart breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. That stands to reason that without inspiration, without the breath of God, you can't praise God. True praise and worship leaders, those that are full of God's praise, are those that are full of God's breath. Without the breath of God, without the inspiration of the Almighty that opens your eyes to see what God has done and what God is doing and what God would do, you can't praise Him. And if you got breath, if you got energy, if you know that you have come this far only by the breath of God, only by the inspiration of the Almighty, if you know and know it is the breath of God that gives you light and gives you energy to soldier on and to continue then you can't stop praising God there's a kind of praise that come upon you when you are inspired when you receive the infusion and the breath of God and this week we are going to be inspired we are going to receive a supernatural inspiration and breath for a 48 hour praise and prayer. Watch this. Through inspiration, God breathed himself into us. A Bible theologian by the name Charles 
age packers. Third, the inspiration here has to do in a purely general way with God's own personal communication of himself into us. And that the spirit point of our being imparting to us the energies of his own wisdom, holiness, and power. In the place of inspiration, we receive divine energies, wisdom, holiness, and power. The lack of inspiration means you have no power, no wisdom, no energy, no holiness in this life. Charles Perkins continued to say that the first office and work of inspiration is to create in us fresh, personal, vigor, new, spiritual animation, all liveliness. That is to say that the inspiration according to Charles Perkins is what gives us vigor, fire, energy, excitement. Are you tired? Are you bored? Are you sad? Are you confused? Are you depressed? Do you feel like not living, not serving God? Is serving God now a boredom work? Do you need to struggle before you can get into the mood? You need inspiration. Because what gives us vigor, power, fire, zeal? Jeremiah said, I decided not to preach or mention his name. But the word of God was stuck up in my bones like fire. It is that energy that came upon Elijah when he said, how long shall we be torn between two opinions? Let the God that answered by fire, let him alone be God. Because anytime you are inspired, you are on fire. And this week, I call the inspiration and the breath of God to come upon you, your family, your children, your household. My God, we live in a world where people are bored, they are tired, they are confused with what's going on. Churches are closed, churches are shut down. People struggle to get into the mood. If there's one thing you need in the season we are in, to get your vigor back, get your energy back, get your sick back. I'm talking about an energy booster from the throne of God. We call it the breath, the inspiration. And this morning, I declare the breath of God, the inspiration of God to come upon you to receive vigor and fire and passion. Oh my God, it matters. How you even offer the sacrifice to God. Because God doesn't want you to do anything for him with that attitude. That lackadaisical attitude. That, 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 that sense of whatever. I would do it because I'm a Christian. No. I would do it because mom told me to do it. The reason why your kids don't want to serve God is that they are yet to experience their own inspiration. I mean, it gets to a point where mommy's God can't do it. Daddy's God can't do it. It gets to a point where what your mother told you will not be enough. It gets to a point where the internet can bombard you. Social media can be so strong. The news can be so strong that just what you read in the book when you were a child in Sunday school may not be enough. The devil is a liar. You need your own encounter, your own experience, your own breath, your own vigor, your own fire, your own energy. And Charles Becker said, it is a inspiration that give us a vigor. I've always said that I don't want to be the best preacher. 
I don't care about who is mocking me. I don't really care about who, who thinks I preach good or not. Because I really don't want to impress anybody. I, 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 really, I really don't want to be the best prophet, the best speaker. I don't want to be called the best man of God. I, I, I don't want to die. And you remember that, that guy was the best. That's not what I, what I want to be known for. What if there's one thing I want to be known for. I want to be known for. For my energy. My passion. My fire. My zeal. I want it to be said. That once live a man of God. That any time he got the opportunity to preach. He preached as though he was about to drop dead. The next the devil is a liar I want to empty myself the Bible says if the club be full of rain then they must empty themselves I want to finish my assignment empty I want to finish my assignment having poured out all God that God gave me and so sometimes I sweat because I got the energy I can't stand still and preach cool because I'm in a place of my life where I never want to take anything to the other side I want to drop it i want to release it i want to preach it i want to teach it i want to shout it i want to scream it anybody in the house ready to shout for god come on say yes it was that kind of apathy and spiritual bankruptcy an atmosphere of drought that was in the days of elijah the prophet then the bible said when elijah called the king to smite but the king smote three times and, and I don't believe that it was just about the smiting. It was, it was the attitude with which the king did it. The king took, and, and the king was like, one, two, three is like, you know what? You're a prophet. If you want me to do it, I'll do it anyway. I'll do it just out of courtesy and respect. And when he did it, Elijah said, Elijah said Hey, king, you would have finished Syria if you have done this six times. Not only the number, but if you have done it with some fire, some vigor, some seriousness, I need to begin to stretch your leg and stretch your hands and say, I refuse to be tired. I refuse to give in to depression, to anxiety, and to worry. And it amazed me. The Bible said, the next verse, after Elisha was done talking to the king, Elisha died. You know what kills a man of God? What kills a man of God is to pass a dead church. There's nothing like killing men of God. There's nothing so depressing as passing a church that must literally be forced to do something for God. It kills your spirit. It's an atmosphere. Elijah died. How do I know that it was not over with Elijah? The Bible said, when Elijah died, a dead man was put by Elijah's tomb. And Elijah, just because he connected to the group of Elisha, Elisha came back. The man came back to life. It stands to reason that there was more power and fire and energy and vision and word in Elisha. But because the church was dead, the king destined for the church, the atmosphere was dead. Elisha couldn't pour because you, can, you need a vessel to pour yourself into the devil is a liar. Gehazi was 
dead the king was dead there was nobody to pour into to spread into to prophesy into to release into the bible says when the widow brought the vessel he kept on pouring and pouring onto the vessel wherever before that there was still a pouring there was oil that flowed onto the vessels finished we must come to a place in our work with god where there are vessels who are on fire who are ready to receive the energy what will keep a man of god alive has nothing to do with age it's got nothing how old you are he got everything to do with the energy the fire the power the atmosphere the spirit of the generation oh my god that'll be a revival an anointed an awakening a stirring a grace for a generation to rise up who will rise up with energy for god Charles Perkins continue to say another office of the work of inspiration is to create enough fresh and vivid perception of divine truth. We need as much inspiration to read the Bible as the authors needed to write them in the first place. <laughs> Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16, 2 Timothy 3, the verse number 16, the Bible says, And all scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. If the scriptures were written by inspiration, then you can't understand it without inspiration. The reason why people, there was somebody read the Bible, and all they had in the Bible was that go to church walking barefooted. It's because they read it with some type of inspiration. I don't know what that was. Someone read a Bible and still believed I would have to sacrifice animals. It's a different kind of inspiration. And so in order for it to be able to understand and get insights and depths and revelation of the Bible, you need to read it in the state by which those who wrote it, wrote it. And so until you are without inspiration, you can't connect it. It's just a book. The Bible becomes just a storybook until we are inspired. No wonder our kids don't want to read it anymore. No wonder we call it the good old book. The good book says it's beyond just good. Because good is less godly. Good and godly are not the same. Somebody can be good and not know God. There are so many good people who don't know our Jesus. Good is less godly. You cannot know God and not be good. But you can be good and not know God. inspiration of the almighty that give us understanding to understand scriptures. Charles Becker's Peter went on to say that inspiration of the almighty are suited to become to us qualification for all kinds of holy doings. Watch it. He said we make toilsome work of being good because we do not let the inspiration of God work in us and we make excellent work of doing good because we do not let the inspiration of God work through us. That is to say that, Bible says, that's what the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. And Charles Perkins said, we, we struggle, we make tiresome. There are many of us, we struggle to do good. It's, a, it's, it's tiring. Come on, can I talk to the church? Many of you, before you, you can do one good, you have to overthink it. What if this? What if that? What if that? What if that? What if that? Because fear, sir, what if? Faith say even if. 
even if our God does not save us, we will not bow. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. The what ifs are as a result of lack of inspiration. Do not be weary in well doing. Sometimes we make tiresome work of doing good and exome so strong, so painful. It is a lot to get you to do good. But it's a place you come to in your work with God. When doing good becomes a part of you, you flow in it. You can't help it but to do something. That's how Jesus Christ was anointed with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. He was anointed. He was inspired. He received the breath of God. So he went about. It was everyday thing. Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of God. It's a place in a walk with God where goodness is a part of you, where well doing is a part of it, where helping is a part of it, healing is a part of it, doing something for God, it comes to you with ease. That's when you're inspired by God. Watch this. In other words, we become tired and we try to do good and we struggle to do good if we are not inspired. Our common and comprehensive need of inspiration of the Almighty direct breathing to us the bread of God with all wisdom, holiness, and power. So divine aflotos involved, whether we speak, be it by word or act, we may speak as the oracles of God. And whether we minister, we may do it as the ability which God has given us. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So he, he went on to say that, he, he, he finished by saying that to become an oracle of God, you need to be inspired. So that people can talk to you. The Bible says there was a man who was such powerful. His name was, he was a friend of David. A man, the Bible says, if you spoke to him, it's like a man has consulted the oracle of God, Ahitophel. Such might with power, inspiration, and supernatural insight that if you wanted to do something and you spoke to God about it, that God, do I go left or right? And God said, go right. If you go to Ahitophel, he'll say the same thing. Such was the width, the power, the audacity, the energy, the supernatural capacity of a man. And Bob said he was an, like an oracle of God. See, the reason why we have stopped being powerful and making a difference and influencing our world is that we are not inspired anymore. We have become mere men. We read, we read and read and read and come and talk what we read. It, it gets to a point where you, when you share knowledge that is not yours, it's dangerous. John said that which we have encountered, experience, that we have tested. It gets to a place where our preaching must be what we heard and what Elohim released into our spirit. Noah Webster defines inspiration as an infusion of ideas into the mind of the Holy Spirit. They're conveying into the minds of men ideas, notices, or monitions by extraordinary or supernatural influence or the communication of divine will to the understanding by suggesting impressions on the mind which leave no room to doubt that the reality of their supernatural source or origin. That's to say that the, the place where your mind is controlled and, 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 and ideas, impressions, monitions, connections, infusions, suggestions come to you 
and you know that you never studied it anywhere. And even if you went to Oxford, Cambridge, or Yale, and you stood for a thousand years, that idea would not have come to you. And you just know that the source of this is from God, that inspiration. Like Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Just look at him and say, flesh and blood has nothing to do with this. I also say unto you, thou shalt no longer call Simon. Thou shalt be called Peter upon this rock, upon this revelation, upon this inspiration, upon this divine infusion. I will build my church. The church is not built on gathering, on social media. The church is not built on 419 trick. The church is not built on the news. The church is built on the revelation, the inspiration, the breath of God. The reason why the church is not making impact is because we have reduced the church to the level of men. We want to be more influential in the affairs of men than we want to be in the affairs of God. We want to know who comes to your church. Who do you know? Which politicians sit in the front seat? Which businessman are you connected to? Who, 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 who is around you? The devil is a liar. We have been called to make impact in the supernatural dimension. We have been called to influence. We have been called to be known in the affairs of God than in the affairs of man. And I found out that when you go for what nobody wants, God will give what everybody wants. That's the church. The church. It's built on inspiration, as Jesus said to Peter. And so, in John's Gospel 20, verse 22, Jesus died and is alive. He resurrected out of the grave. And this time around, he didn't teach them. He didn't say anything. The Bible says, in John's Gospel 20, verse 20, the Bible says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye. The Holy Ghost. In other words, after resurrection, the thing that Jesus gave the church was not a book, a manual, money. He didn't even just pray. He, he, he released unto them the breath of God and said, receive the Holy Ghost. That, that stands to reason that what the church truly needs is the breath of God. We don't need sound, no mic, no lights, no billboards. In as much as it is good in the natural, we need more than that. We need the breath of God. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. That stands to reason that breath and spirit are the same. When he breathed on us, he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. By breathing, Jesus did for us what God did in Genesis. Because this was the church that was going to continue what Jesus had done. It was a new church. It was a church that was on fire. It was what was bequeathed and given unto us. We're going to be recipient of the new mantle, the new mandate. And Jesus said, I must do it like the way God did in the beginning. And in the beginning, the lifeless man became alive when bread from God came upon him. And so the church can't be alive without the breath of God. And just as God breathed into Adam, so do I breathe into you to be the new man, the new church. The church that is alive where is the inspiration of God in the church when we are in churches that Holy Ghost is a stranger in his own church he was awakening a spiritual man and infusing with us the divine energy to do what God wants us to do he then went on to say receive 
the Holy Ghost. This is why when the Holy Ghost came, the first thing he did was to fill the house where they were sitting. Because Jesus said, one breath is not enough. How many of you breath one and you stop breathing? Coronavirus has told you that it's good to breathe. I mean, I mean, I mean. Oh my God. I need some fresh air. I'm not saying, no, wear your marks. But I tell you what, Jesus said, you have received this breath. Receive it, the Holy Ghost. But don't even go yet. Still wait. Still wait. Tarry. Wait. For ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then ye shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. He said, receive the first one, but you need a second touch. You need a second breathing. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, says, Acts 2, and, Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2 says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Because you can only breathe the air around you. And so the Holy Ghost said, before I release fire, before you speak in tongues, before you do anything, let me fill your house. Because when you are inspired, you will pray well. When you are inspired, you will preach well. When you are inspired, you get the boldness. And so the Holy Ghost filled the place. The first thing it is, let me take charge of the atmosphere. Let me control the air. Let me control their breathing system. Any satanic activity to control the breathing system of man for us to breathe in coronavirus by the voice of prayer as we stand in the gap for 48 hours. Let that satanic activity be rebuked right now. May God heal humanity and give us a way out in Jesus' name. He filled the house because you only breathe the air within your atmosphere. And the Bible says, as he filled the place, what happened? Next verse says, verse 3, and there appear unto them clothing torn like as of fire. You don't receive fire unless you are inspired. Don't go for fire unless you first receive the inspiration of God. Fire won't come to you unless you receive real inspiration. The churches that are dead and, and are weak and can't stand on your feet is a church that lack the breath of God. As clothing tongue as of fire and it sat upon each of them. It didn't sit upon one person. It sat on every one of them. Stop tapping. Stop trying to connect to somebody's wife and pick up your own wife some wife are full of viruses the reason why many of you are still doing pray for me pray for me is because you have your own fire and you don't have your own fire because you have you have no inspiration verse and they were filled with the holy ghost they were filled with the holy ghost because what you breathe in fuels you and began to speak in tongues as the spirit gave them all trans watch it goes on to say when the inspiration came, they spoke in tongues. And as for speaking in tongues, they spoke to men. See, speaking in tongues means you speak to God. After they spoke in tongues, Peter then addressed the men. Don't speak to men unless you are first spoken to God. 
The problem with the church is that we are trying to speak to men. When was the last time you spoke to God? And until you speak to God, you can't speak to men. And you can't speak to God unless you are wrapped, you are mantled, you are enveloped by the inspiration of God. That's why I'm challenging you and I'm calling you to a 48 hours of divine inspiration, of the breath of God, of divine inspiration and infusion. And when we see the breath of God and when we speak in tongues to God, God will inspire us to speak to men. And Peter spoke, and one sermon of Peter brought 3,000 to Christ. What do I mean? The same Peter before then ran away from a small girl. But now, when inspiration came, he spoke to 3,000. One message, and 3,000 gave their life to Christ. Everything will scare us until we see divine inspiration. Everything will look scary. And can I say something to you? What you are afraid of doesn't exist. You are doing what you are doing because. You lack inspiration. They spoke to God and spoke to man. I know that prophecy is the greatest of the Bible. Says, Bible says the, the greatest gift of the prophecy. Paul said, I'd rather prophesy than speak in tongues. It's true. But how do you speak to man when you haven't spoken to God? Because he that's speaking in known terms does not speak to how be to God. He's speaking mystery. But you will have building up yourself in the holy, most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. When you pray in tongues, you are building yourself. You cannot build somebody when you yourself lack building. You can't give what you don't have. You can only build somebody when you say you build yourself. I don't want a trainer that has got a pot belly trying to help me lose my stomach. When I look at your size, it's a word. That's a word. You are not going to help me lose weight. When you got stuff and stuff, oh my God, you need to drop that weight. You, know, you need to drop, you need to dry it. You, you, you need to be built. You need to build yourself before you can build me. And so even the prophecy builds the church, but tongues builds you. And you can't build someone unless you are building yourself. And so the Bible said, but you beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith. The more I build myself, the more I can build you. Because I can't give what I don't have. If I'm not built, I can build you. I got to build you. I got to build myself. Before I be, so don't get, it, don't get it twisted. But I said, yeah, prophecy is great. It's great to prophesy. But don't first go to prophesy when you haven't spoken to God. And the thing is that when we speak to God, we must be ready to wait for him to speak to us. Don't be in a hurry to just speak to God and leave. Wait. And hear him speak to us. I'll wait. I'll stand upon my watch. And I'll wait and hear what he will tell me. That's what the prophet said. Watch this. And so the end of the spirit of Peter spoke. And 3,000 gave their life to Christ. Then the Bible says, watch this. The Bible says, so the Chaldeans renders the word inspire as used in Job 32 verse 8 as a spirit of prophecy. So the Chaldeans, many of you know that the Bible were written in Aramic and Hebrew. And Chaldeans were the Aramic. And, and they believe, they interpret inspiration as spirit of prophecy. The Chaldeans connect inspiration to prophecy. And so when they say, when they say the inspiration of the Almighty given, they say the, the, the spirit of prophecy. And that brings me to what happened in Numbers 11, verse 24, the Bible says. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the law and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. Verse 25 says, 
And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit of rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. The spirit of prophecy was what Elu was speaking about in, in the book of Job. That's the same thing that happened when God took the spirit of Moses and put it on the 70 men. And they started prophesying. You cannot be inspired and not prophesy. Watch it. Anytime the Holy Ghost come upon somebody, the first thing they do after speaking in tongues is that they prophesy. Saul, we see the spirit and he prophesied. It's Saul also among the prophet, he prophesied. When the spirit of God came upon Jesus, there was a prophetic word that was released. Can I talk to the church right now? When the spirit came upon the apostles, they prophesied. Nobody received the Holy Ghost and keep quiet. In the last day, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is not just seeing cockroach and animals and beasts and, and, and all kinds. No, no, you are getting it confused. There's a, there's a dimension of prophecy that deals with speaking forth. You see, you speak forth. You, you haven't heard anything. You haven't necessarily seen anything, but you feel a connection in your spirit to speak forth. When Elijah said, there's there be no rain, no dew. He didn't see it. There was no revelation. But by the Spirit of God upon him, he spoke forth. When, when, when Ezekiel entered the dry bones and God said, speak forth, he spoke forth and the bones lived again. There's a dimension where we speak forth. We speak when we are inspired. We speak not what men can see. We speak the opposite of what is around our environment. For the just shall live by faith and not by sight. Your sons and daughters, where are the sons? Where is the church that is not speaking depression and worry and fear? Where is the church that says the dry bones will live again? The church will rise again. Our families shall be healed again. There shall be restoration and recovery. Where are the church that is full of the spirit of prophecy that is given to us by inspiration? Of the Almighty, I refuse to speak what everybody is speaking. I finish with this. I finish with this. From our main text, we see the many benefits of being inspired. We see that when we are inspired, we get understanding. The word understand is a combination of two words, under and stand. Under and stand means that inspiration brings under the full covering of God. When you stand under the full covering of God. Understand means to go under, to stand under something. You see, what you stand under determines what you can face. Inspiration. Give it them understanding. When inspiration comes, when you stand under inspiration, oh my God, you are fearless. You are strong. You are powerful. It means inspiration means full covering of God. Watch it. Verse 15 of Job. 32, the Bible says, they were amazed. They answered no more. They left off speaking. As soon as he spoke by inspiration, Job's friends were amazed before then they were questioning. And Job said, and Elu said, I have allowed you to talk. I allowed days to speak. 
I'll allow much of yes to teach wisdom. But there's a spirit in man. It gets to a place where it's not about age, no how long you've been around. Because I found that the more we are in church, the more we get used to the Holy Ghost. And the more we get used to the Holy Ghost, the more we ignore him. So he said, they should speak. I give you respect to speak by age. I give you respect to speak by much of your, of your years. But there's a spirit in man. And the spirit of the Almighty given them understanding. When he spoke, they answered him no more. Anyone questioning you, contending with you, arguing with you, any form of argument about who you are and about who God made you and what God has done in your life, any argument about your family, your call, your destiny, by the inspiration of God, you silence your critics. Stop arguing. Speak by inspiration. Because there's one word that can silence those who are after your life. You're clapping the second house right now. They stop speaking. For he said in verse 18, he said, I am full of matter. I am full of words. You cannot be inspired and lack what to say. You cannot be inspired and be pushed to the wall and have nothing to say. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. How do we get inspired then? We get inspired when we come in with God according to Exodus 25. Verse 22, and that's why I'm calling you to stand in the gap. 48 hours of staying in constant communion and fellowship and prayer with God. Acts 25, 21 and 22, the Bible says, And thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark. In the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. Verse 22 said, And there I will meet thee, and I'll commune with thee from above the mercy seat. And from above, and from between the two cherubim, where are, where are upon the ark? Of the testimony of all things which I give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. In there is a place where we, when we commune with God, we come before God. There is a divine transfer. There's infusion. We receive divine energies. How do you get inspired? Stay in prayer. The disciples were in prayer for 50 days. They were there for days. That's what Paul said, I will tarry at Ephesus unto Pentecost. For a great and effectual door is open. How do you get inspired? Wait on God. Don't be in a hurry. That's why I'm calling 48 hours. Prophet, why, do we, why must we pray for 48 hours? We must pray for 48 hours because until he speaks, we are not living. Because true intercessors don't pray according to time. They pray according to burden. And until the bed is lifted, we are not living in his presence. When Hezekiah received the word, he did not argue the prophet. He left the prophet to go. But he turned his face to the wall. And as he prayed and prayed and prayed, the Bible says, a word came and the prophet came back. He didn't call the prophet. He didn't have his number. God called the prophet to go back and go and talk to him. The other 15 more years. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. The spirit of God gives inspiration. And the spirit only comes to those who wait upon him. I don't mind waiting upon God. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength.